for us. So to, to so today we want to talk from Psalms 139, and and we're going to talk about who am I? Who am I? It's a personal thing. Who am I? Who am I? Because a lot of us don't even know who we are, um, and that's why we we drink so many different fountains because we don't know who we are. And and I looked at and I thought about David and and what a beautiful example to remind us who we are and what we have to do, discover in order to know who we are and whom's we are. Now, verse number one in Psalms one thirty nine. We're going to read from verses one through one through four. Verse number one says, "O Lord, Thou have searched me." And known me. David is at a place that he had experienced God. And a lot of things he had experienced. He he discovered some things in his search. See, when we really search for God, we will discover some things that may have eluded us. Or maybe we just didn't think about it. But David here, he, he talks about how God had searched him. Searched him out and how God knew him. You know, in other words, he talks about the knowledge that God has of man. And in the midst of it, he finds some discoveries. Now, verse number two says, Thou knowest my downsetting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought of all. In other words, David is saying, he said, now listen. In, in my search and, and discovering uh, how God has searched me out and how he's known me, he says, I recognize the fact that God knows my downsetting. He knows all about me. He knows, he knows my uprising, and even he understands my thoughts <laughs> are fall before it actually get to your mind. God already knows what you're going to think before it comes to your mind. He, he discovered that. He said, now, my, my downsetting, in my low point, in my low points in life, God say, David says, God, you, 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 already, you know me. You know all about me. You know when I'm going to go into that place in my, in my low stage. And you also know when I'm on, I'm on a point of a high point. Because there are some days that we have good days, amen, and some days we have bad days, right? But God already knows all about that. We may think that he doesn't know, but he already knows. A lot of times we, 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 we go about and we worry about this and we worry about that and how this is going to be and how that's going to be. But we have to understand that God already knows what's going to happen in your life before it happens. And everything that happens in our life, it helps us to discover who we are. Because, see, sometimes we say we got faith, unshakable faith. But when we are put to the test, how does our faith operate? Do we cry, woe is me? Uh, are we so wrapped up in confusion that we can't even think straight? Because we see the situation and the circumstance. How is it we get so caught up as 
I almost said the word Christians, but God said we are disciples. We are disciples. They were, the Romans called us Christians in Antioch. In other words, they were making fun of us. Ain't that right, brother? <laughs> but we, 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 we ride on that. That's why we need to go back and, and study the, the scripture. Because at that, time, at that point, you see, we got to understand that we are followers of Christ. We are the disciples of Christ. That's who we are. And if we are disciples, that means we are learners of him. Amen. And then the key point in verse number two is he knows, he said, thou understandest my thoughts afar. Before it reaches its place, God says, I know your thoughts. That's why we got to be careful about what we're thinking. Because, see, right now, you know, you know we, we may be thinking, well, in a few minutes, you know, I've got to go do this and i got to do that. When we're supposed to be in the house of the Lord here trying to receive a word from God, but our thoughts are somewhere else. Amen. What, what am I going to do next? i got to do this. i got to do that. But where, where are your thoughts supposed to be? So in order for us to be able to receive what the Lord has said, because remember in the text is, who am I? So that must mean there's some discoveries that has to be made, okay? So God knows our thoughts. Even before it comes to us, he already knows. So don't think, and we, when we get down here, don't think that God does not know. Okay, let's go on. Now, verse number 3 says in Psalms 139, it says, Thou compasses me, he circles my path, and my lying down, and are acquainted with, what does it say? How many ways? All my ways. In other words, he knows all about us. He knows all about us. He said he's acquainted with all of my ways. So there's nothing hidden from God, right? He knows that he knows all about us. And then verse number 4 says, in, in Psalms 139, it says, for, ooh, for there is not a what? Word in my tongue. But lo, O Lord, thou knoweth it all. Before you speak that word, God already know what that word is going to come out your mouth. Now, anybody going to cuss somebody out and say, oh, I didn't mean to say that. You mean to me, I ain't got no cursors in the house. I should have said cursors in the house. Sometimes, you know, how you lose it. And say some stuff you ain't got no business. Boy, look, let's look at these Holy Ghost sanctified lying folk. Can we say that? Because see, God said, I already know the word come out your mouth. You know how it is when you get upset and you get mad and you get angry. I'm going to get kind of low today. You know how it is when you get mad and you get upset and all of a sudden stuff flies out your mouth. Thank you for being real. Because see, all of that God takes and he, he allows us to know what's in us. And see, when he allows us to know what's in us, then we'll do better, right? And if it's never brought to our attention, we think, oh, nobody knows. But the word says that, for there is not a word in my tongue. God already knows what that word is going to roll off them lips, out that mouth. He, he all Ready knows. All right. Now we're going to keep our place in Psalms 139. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter number four. Hebrews, because we're just going to teach you a little bit. Hebrews chapter number four. And we are going to look at verse 
number, we're going to start with verse number 12. We're going to start with verse number, number 12. It says, for the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows and is a, what's that next word? Discerner. He's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. He discerns what's in our heart. He discerns the intent of our heart. Because, see, it's through the word. Now, watch verse number 13. Verse 13 in Hebrew chapter 4. 13 says, neither is there any creature for all of us tippers. Tippers. Y'all know what a tipper is? We're about to find out. Okay? Hebrew chapter 4, verse 13. It says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifested in his sight, but all things are what? Naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. In other words, God sees it all. You know, we're talking about them them tippers. (laughs) God sees it all. Everything is naked. What, 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 watch, watch the scripture. See, this is, see, where we fail as believers is that we do not understand that God has knowledge of everything that we do. So we find ourselves hiding. Think, we think that we're hiding. But he says he's, everything is naked before him. Everything. Stay with me. Stay, stay with me. Stay with me. Everything's naked. Everything's exposed. There is nothing hidden before the Lord. Nothing is hidden. Nothing. Now, let's go back to Psalms 139. We're building a foundation here. We're building some things. Because we've got to discover who am I. Now, verse number 7 in Psalms 139 says this. He says, whether, now this is what David, after he, after David sees and understands the knowledge, the depths of God's knowledge that he knows about man, he made mankind, so he knows him. Now he discovers some things about himself. He says, whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence? We cannot go anywhere away from the presence of God. We can, we, we can go to, to the highest mountain. We can go anywhere, we think. But we cannot escape the presence of God. There's no escape from his presence. Sometimes we, we think we, we can run, we can do this, and we can do this, and we, 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 we change our lifestyle. We, 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 we do a whole lot of different things. But then God said, I'm, I'm, I'm right there no matter where you are. I'm right there. We cannot escape the presence of the Lord because God is always with us. He's, that's why we have to be careful where we go. Do we not know that in the process of our goings that we take the Holy Spirit with? We take the Spirit with us because, see, he lives on the inside. I wonder where we've been taking him. Where, where, where we been taking him? Where, where, where we do we? Mm, we're coming back. 
We coming back. We coming back. Where we been where we been taking him? You get kind of quiet on that one now. Where we where we been taking the Lord? Where we been taking him? His presence is always with us. His spirit is always with us. We can't hide from his presence, so where we been taking him? Better yet, who we've been connecting him with. Because darkness and light has no connection one with another. Who is quiet up in here? Oh, it's quiet up in here. What we've been taking him? Who am I? Okay, he says now. Now let's go. Keep your place now. We won't be like I told you. We won't be before you long. Keep our place in Psalms one thirty nine. Going hit and miss. Let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter number twenty three. Jeremiah chapter number twenty three. And we're going to look at verse number four. For all of us that think we can escape the presence of the Lord. Verse 24 in in Jeremiah 23 says, Can any hide himself in secret places? Anybody been in some secret places lately? Hey, I am just the word barrier. The word is sending the word. Amen. He's sending the word. Because he wants us to know that we can't accept. He knows everything we do. He says, can any hide himself in secret places? Where your secret place at? That I, talking about God, that I shall not. See him. Do we not know? In our secret places, God still see? I dare not ask who got some secret places in the house. Boy, I see some smiles and I see some folk trying to hold back and all that stuff. But, you know, you don't have to worry about holding back for me because God already see. God has already seen. He saw it before you ever did it. And then he says, saith the Lord. Who's speaking? He said, saith the Lord, do not I feel heaven and earth? God said, listen, I feel the heaven and earth. Do you think I can't see you in your secret place? In your secret place. I'm hiding. Let's meet. Oh, Holy Spirit, what we're talking about. Let's meet here. Let's meet here. Let's go do this. Let's. Holy Spirit said, I see you. I see you. I see you. And we call it a secret place. We think, you remember the word said he sees that our thoughts from afar off. And, 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 the, and the preparation of going to your secret place. God said, I see you. Wow. Boy, thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, we're going to move on. All right. 
Let's go back now. We're going to go back to Psalms 139. All right. We're going to. So I heard somebody say, oh, I want her to hold and get away from that secret place. Oh, I'm on. on mm. Secret place. Psalms 139. Psalms 139. Let's go back. Let's go back to Psalms 139 because we've got to deal with who am I, you know. And, and, and you know, the beauty of the Lord is in the midst of all this, God still sees and he still loves us. Now, Psalms 139, verse number 8. Because we're still talking about we can't escape from God no matter where we go. Now, verse 8 says, David is saying, he said, If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. Watch this. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. God said, no matter where you make your bed, he's on there. There's no escape. There is no escape. Now, let's look at Job 26. We, we, like I said, we're going to move on this. Job chapter 26 and looking at verse number 6. Because they were talking about, you know, even if he is sinning to the, in heaven, or if he make his bed, make his bed. Who wants to make their bed in hell? Ain't that something God said? I'm there too. Why are you making your bed in hell? Job 26, verse number 6, it says this. Hell is naked before him. And destruction hath no covering. If you're going to meet the destruction that God is releasing upon this earth, destruction does not have a, have a covering. It's not just when, when, when God gets ready to release the destruction upon this world, there is no covering that can protect us from God's destruction. He said, even in hell you're naked before him. Even I go back to me having that dream about, you know, being in hell. I mean, I, I never, I can't get that thing out of my mind. Where I'm going, I'm in hell and I'm going down these different levels of, of hell. And, and when I get down to the bottom, I'm, I'm in this cell. And then I see someone that I supposedly I knew or I guess I had to have known them. Because I said to them, what are you doing here? Now, mind you now. I was in, in my vision, in my dream, I was in hell. And I went up on somebody I knew, and I'm like, what are you doing here? And he said, because of unforgiveness. Do we not know unforgiveness will put us in hell? And the, only per- the sad part is the only person that is in bondage is the person that is holding the unforgiveness. Anybody got an alt against that brother or the sister? Wow, boy. I can hear some. St- oh. Even I can hear the ants crawling on the floor. <laughs> because he says, now listen. Hell is naked before me. So when we're in hell or whatever, whomever goes to hell, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm correcting that. I'm not going there. He just showed me a vision. If we're there, if they're there, God said, I still see you. There's nothing not exposed to God. God sees it all. He sees it all. He sees it all. 
Go back to Psalms 139. Go back to Psalms 139. And we're going to read a few verses. Verse number 9 says, if I take the wings of the morning. See, this is a discovery that David has, the beloved. It's a discovery. He says, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the utmost parts of the sea, even there, verse 10, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, verse number 11, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be like light about me. That's powerful. If I say the darkness is going to cover me, darkness is just like light to God. He still sees. See, he discovered this. We have to discover this because, see, if we don't discover it, then we just might make our bed in hell. He said, even the night shall be light about me. Darkness is just like the light. And then he says in verse number 12, he says, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee. See, darkness can't even escape from God. He says now, darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. In other words, to, when it comes down to God, darkness and light is just the same. He sees. But listen, in the midst, <laughs> in the midst of him seeing all of that, coming to that understanding, in the midst of understanding God's knowledge that knows all about us, about every word that comes out of our mouth, even in the midst of there is no escape, he discovers that, watch what, what David does. I looked at that thing, I said, David, boy, you bad. It goes on in Psalms, it goes on in Psalms 139, it goes on and it says in verse number 14, he says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, marvelous are thy works, and, thy, my, and that my soul knoweth right well. Keep that up there. In the midst of the fact that God knows all about us, he knows all about our secret places, somehow or another, because of the depths of the knowledge of God, David breaks out in a praise. When he breaks out in a praise, then he discovers something. In the midst of everything, everything about my life, he discovers, he says, for I am fearfully, and wonderfully made. In the midst of who we are, the things that we've done, God has made us in a place of being fearfully and wonderfully made. In other words, he reverences each one of us while he made us. He says he discovers in the midst of everything of what he is or who he may be, he said, I am wonderfully made. God said, tell my people they are wonderfully made. In spite of what you may think about yourself, you have to think about when God made you, when he formed you, when he brought you into existence, the thoughts that he had towards you. He said, I discovered that I was wonderfully made. 
Wow. How many of us put ourselves down because we don't know who we are? Have you ever put yourself down? But God said, tell my people that they are wonderfully made. Have you ever took the time to stand in the mirror and say, woo, I'm wonderfully made? Or do we downgrade ourselves? How many give yourself a zero lately? Thank you for being honest. But God said, you're wonderfully made. It's something about mankind that God treasures so much. Who am I? Who are you? What is the, oh, Holy Spirit, what do you think about yourself? What do you think about yourself? What do you think about yourself? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as God sees you? Or do you see yourself as the adversary tells you to see yourself? How how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself wonderfully made? If you were to draw a picture of yourself, what would it look like? What would the picture that you drew, because it's individually, what would the picture look like if you drew a picture of yourself? Think about it. That's for you to ponder on. Because God said you're wonderfully made. And then he says in verse number 14, he says this. He says, marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. In other words, you are the work of God. You, I, are the work of God. And when you see yourself as the work of God, or the works of God, then you can see the marvelous. You can see the fearful. See, you have to see yourself as God sees you. Marvelous. Marvelous. You are, we are, mankind are the works of God. We're marvelous. Think about what, what the adversary tell you about yourself. Whose report are you going to believe? Whose report are you? you, Oh, Holy Spirit. You know how we measure ourselves. Let me tell you how we measure ourselves. By what we possess. And the Bible says life, the abundance of life is not in material things. And see, that's our problem. We think that if we don't have this, that, or the other, then we're nobody. The devil is a lie. Let me tell you something. I am still the king's child, even if I'm broke, got, got nothing, got no money in the bank, don't, don't have a penny in my pocket. I am still God's child. I am still who he said that I am. Who are you? 
How do you measure yourself, God says? Do you measure yourself by what you have? All that you have is temporal. What counts is what's eternal. I can't do this. I can't buy that. I I don't, oh, I almost said something. Let me go on back up here. Let me go on back. Don't worry about materialistic things. Don't worry about what. You know the greatest thing you can give your child this year? The greatest thing you can give them? Love. The greatest thing you can give your child is love because love will go with them for the rest of their life. They will take that little gadget and they'll throw it to the side. But the greatest gift you can give to give your child this season is love. The same thing that Christ gave us is love. That's the greatest gift we can give our children or one another. It's love. Teach them who they are and help them to understand it's not about the things that you possess to make you who you are. That's the problem with our children today. Whether they're small or whether they're grown up. Because they're still children. Like we're children of God. Teach them who they are. If you teach them who they are, then the devil can't teach them who they are. Because if you don't teach them who they are, the devil definitely will teach them who they are not. Come on, y'all. Come on. What, what, what's the discovery? See, if you don't discover who you are, you'll fall for every, every little trick of Satan. David says this. He says this now in verse number 15. Watch how, how God loves us. He says now, he said, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously walked in the lowest part of of the earth. In other words, he is saying, when I was undeveloped, when I was just an embryo, when I had no form at all, I was in the internal mind of God. Boy, that's that's powerful. He said, I was made in secret curiously walked in the lowest part of the earth. And then verse 16 says, thine eyes, watch this, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in countenance was fashioned, when as yet there were none of them. In other words, when... We were not even formed. God just knew that we were precious. Do you see yourself being precious? Do you see yourself as being marvelous? Do you, can, you, can you see what God sees? Can you see what God sees? Who am I? Who am I? What do you see when you look in the mirror? What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? 
reflection. David says, he says, now listen, before I even came into existence, this how awesome this thing is. God still saw me. Do you think, do you think God is, is in a surprise how we showed up, how we turned out? He saw us when we were unperfect. He saw us when, when we really didn't, when we just folded up. Do you not know when we were, before we were formed in our mother's womb, he saw us. And not only did he see us, but he knew what we were going to, going to become. He knew the mistakes that we were going to make, but yet he did love us. He loved us. He still saw us as wonderful. When he looked at his creation, he said, oh, that's precious. That's precious. I'm going to place them here. That's precious. How do you see yourself? Who am I? Who am I? And then he says now, two verses left. Verse number 17 in Psalms 139. He says, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me. Oh, God, he, he comes with an exclamation point. In other words, he's amazed when he discovers how precious are the thoughts that God has toward us. Then he said, how great is the psalm of them. Can we think the way God thinks about us? How precious his thoughts are in regards to us. How precious. How precious is his thoughts. And then he goes on and he, what he can fathom in his mind, he can't even imagine the sum of the thoughts that God has toward us. His thoughts are not bad toward us. That they're not that way. But then verse number 18, and the last verse, verse 18 says, If I should count them, David is saying, if I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. And then he says, when I awake, I am still with thee. In other words, he said, I hadn't been cut off. He said, because your thoughts, your thoughts, the thoughts that God has toward us, we can't even begin to imagine how much he loves us. In the midst of our foolishness and the craziness of this world, God still loves us. And God said, leave this with the people. Who am I? Who am I? God says this, and I loved it. This is what God says, in case you got any doubt. He says, you you, you, and you are masterpieces. You are the masterpiece of God. Now, whose report are you going to believe? You are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. God loves each one of you. And his last words, he said, tell my people that they are my masterpieces. Each one of you, 
You're the masterpiece of God. Wonderfully made. Marvelous. Marvelous. That ought to be enough to make you want to dance and run around the room. If you ever want to jump the pew, you ought to jump the pew on that. When you discover how God made you and what he thinks about you and how his thoughts is. Can you imagine the sand of the sea? That's how his thoughts are toward us. It's just like the sand. You cannot number the sand. His thoughts toward us. Stop stop reading the report of Satan. Because, you know, he got a book, too. Whose book are you reading from? Whose book are you reading from? Masterpieces. Who am I? Who are you? Who are you? That's a thought, personal thought, for each one of us. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen.